somehow we returned to the sequels. Stay tuned as we take another look at the sequel trilogy and discuss how our opinions have changed from then to now on this episode of Krypton to Alderaan. podcast that doesn't look like much, but it's got it where it counts. I love I'm it. Joey. <laughs> I'm Joey, and with me is Royish Good Looks. Hello, podcast. Robin Hindsight. Hello. Because it 2020. Because she likes because she likes 2020. <laughs> and Dr. Lorelei. Hello. I wanted to give everybody a nickname because you know what? I always wanted a nickname in like school and stuff, and I mm-hmm. never got one. So now you've all lived my dream. You're welcome. Thanks. Thanks. (laughs) And we're the podcast that talks about all kinds of nerdy pop culture stuff, but it's mostly Star Wars. If you'd like to get in touch with us, reach out with your feelings. We're on all kinds of social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at Krypton to Alderaan. We're also on YouTube. Or you could pew pew us an email at Krypton to Alderaan at gmail.com. If you like us and what we're doing... Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or anywhere you're listening if where you're listening allows you to leave reviews. So, to sum up, like, comment, subscribe, rate, review, and share. And smash that like button or whatever they say on YouTube. Royce, do you say that on YouTube? Uh, No, but everybody else does, so I guess we should. Smash it. Smash it with the force. Or just click it like a normal person. Smash. Be respectful of the like button. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that, that should be our thing. Well, I'll do that. I'll say that next time. <laughs> oh, okay, friends. What are we all into this week? Not that we call the segment that. Um, just saying, like, what are we all? What are we all into? Royce, what do you got going on? You like anything? I love breaking the ice on this section. I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna tee up a really. It's well, no, this will be like a. Uh, what do they call it when you're not really gonna try, but you. You give it a try, but it's not a really half-ass. great try. Yeah, half-ass. There we go. I'm going to half-ass my introduction to this segment. So, we, dude, we are still going heavy with our Madman, Madman binge. It's no longer soft a soft binge. binge. It oh, has converted. It's transitioned into a heavy binge. I think we've been, like, averaging, like, two or three at least every other night. So, that's, like, a whole season a week in Mad Men episode. Nice. Timeline, and we got to get through it because I really want to watch something else. <laughs> but that's the worst it, kind of binge. It yeah. seems like our household has agreed that we cannot move on until we finish this. Then I think that's a good mantra. Like whatever show, like you should finish the show, move on to a new show. Like it's hard to juggle a lot of shows at once. If we stop watching it, it's going to be like two years until we finish. So just well, mm-hmm. see, it finish is it. exactly. It, it's tough when you're like, oh, I was watching that, but I fell off because I'm watching 18 other shows. So it does make sense to like, if you want it, you know, go for it. And I am enjoying it. I'm not not enjoying it, but I really want to watch uh, Mo Dunk or whatever that is. Modoc. Modoc. Is, yeah. is that out now? I want to get to that. Rick and Morty season four is coming out. I want to get to that. Handmaid's Tale. <laughs> so we got to move on. We watch Handmaid's Tale every week. I know. That doesn't count because it's not like a binger, but 
I would like to move on and watch some movies, you know, Terminator Dark Fate, you know, that movie Tenant or whatever that was supposedly bad and or good. I don't know, but I got to see it and make up my own opinion. Mm-hmm. It's just time to move on with your life. Yeah. Time to move on. How many seasons of Mad Men are there? Seven. Oof. We're, we're towards the end of five, though. Mm, He's like, so you're almost there. I would like to watch it at some point, Joey. Rose I know is like, you don't. I can't commit to the Clone Wars. <laughs> so also no, okay. seven seasons. Okay, but I can't. The episodes are 20 minutes long. I can't individually, but as a couple, we are a, a dyad <laughs> on the couch. Oh, you know, that's a good uh, a dyad yeah. in the couch. So then there's a lot more power. And dude, I'm sure everyone listening can relate that's in a relationship. It's like, I want to watch this show. Can we both watch this show, please? You guys yeah. should totally watch Mad Men. So the sexism stuff that you're like not into, Joe, that's not like it's shown in the show, but it's not like glorified as like you too should live your life like this. I think they really right. do a good job of showcasing the downside of it, you know, and that mm-hmm. it's like clearly we could all learn from the lessons that are portrayed in this period show. Man, season five is definitely like it's on par with Handmaid's Tale with like the gut wrenching way that they're treating women in some of the episodes on the show for sure. Mm. But there's no superpowers in it, so I understand if you uh, if that's the <laughs> if that breaks it for you. Uh, I suppose we'll watch it at some point. We've just decided. Mm-hmm. Is that correct? My mom also has been trying to get us to watch it, so huh. you guys and my mom are on the same team. I feel like Royce and Robin and their you know what they're into frequently is like, you know, mom, uh, mom stuff, (laughs) mad men, 2020 game shows. (laughs) Oh yeah. I hope they come back this summer too. (laughs) This is to tell the truth. (laughs) Robin, what do you got going on? You have some fun stuff going on, Robin. Tell us all about it. Yeah. So I'm, in between leaving an old job and starting a new one. So I <laughs> So I've been playing a decent amount of video games and watching lots of cartoons. And I got a new video game, so I've been playing a lot of Yoshi's Crafted World, I think it's called. Definitely aimed at small children, but if you're looking Does it involve crafts. Tech- like making crafts. No. I don't know. Does he make crafts? Oh, He does not. But the world is made out of things that have been crafted with like (laughs) plastic cups and pipe cleaners and Mm, paper plates. Is it it like Paper Mario? Not really. Hmm. Swing and a miss. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's still fun though. What's it it like? What's it about? Uh, I mean, it's, it's similar to pretty much every other Yoshi game where it's kind of just an easy especially as an adult, kind of like an easy walk through and solve a couple puzzles and collect some eggs and Mm. they have all the the fly guys and whatnot. So it's definitely not challenging at all. But if you're looking for something to pass the time, that's kind of an easy play with some puzzles. Is it for the Switch? Yes. We got to, I want to get a Switch. (laughs) There's a lot, there's a lot happening on the Switch. Also, I loved Yoshi's Island. I have absolutely no recollection of what you actually did in the game other than like collect eggs, like Robin was saying, and maybe like eat fruit. I don't know, but I remember really enjoying that game for the 64. Did anyone else play it? That was 
one of my favorite games. That's why I yes. that's why I like Yoshi so much. And same thing, like I remember nothing except getting eggs and yeah. some swimming at some point. Yeah, I don't remember all that much about it. I do remember that like I was playing that for the 64 when everyone else was playing, you know, Mario 64 and Perfect Dark and GoldenEye. And I was like, but I really like Yoshi's Island. <laughs> yeah, I, listeners, if anyone out there played and liked or didn't like Yoshi's Island, let's have a communication about it. You can find us on any social media. Lorelai, Me. what do you got going on? My thing this week is that we just watched... <laughs> Ted Lasso, which is on Apple TV, mm-hmm. and is just honestly delightful. Yeah, I was going to say it's like the opposite of what Royce and Robin always tell us to watch. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's similar to, I think we already mentioned Mighty Ducks Game Changers. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe. I don't know if we have on the Maybe show. not. So we've been watching some very heartwarming sports-related <laughs> TV shows, which is unusual because... I hate sports. Joey hates sports, and I'm like lukewarm on most sports but ted lasso highly recommend it's so great it's It's very very funny very heartfelt the characters are all so good yeah yeah i mean some of the sport some of the athletes are a-holes which is why i don't like but that's lots of sports or i feel like it's probably representative of like the actual that's what i mean yeah communities of of Athletes were like, yeah, some of them are like really self-centered assholes, but some of them are just like really good people. Anyway, it's really awesome. You guys should watch it. We got a one week free trial of Apple TV to watch it Mm -hmm. and it's easy to watch in a week, but you guys have to finish Mad Men, but you should watch this instead. Well, we, I do want, I do want an excuse to get into Apple TV because I feel like there's Mm. shows in there that I would like. Yeah, Ted Lasso would be a good excuse because it's also like eight or ten episodes, maybe. There's only one season. There's only one season, it's but not there's a, big a new commitment, one coming you know in July. I mean? So, like, you'll get in on the ground floor. Not I like a big that. commitment. Very uplifting. Makes you feel good on the inside, mm-hmm. you know? Mm. It'd probably be great to watch after Handmaid's Tale before yeah, you go to bed. It's the opposite <laughs> of Handmaid's Tale. Yeah. It's a nice show. Yeah. With a nice coach. That's the best part of it. I like sports yeah. stuff. Yeah. When it's in movie format. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know when the last time I watched a sports. Well, I don't watch sports, but when I watched a sports show or yeah. a, a sports movie. What about like yeah. Moneyball? Yeah, I've never seen Moneyball. Moneyball. Moneyball's great. Friday Night Lights. Never watched Friday Night Lights. I've watched- Angels I watched in the, the Outfield. I watched oh. Angels in the Outfield in like the 90s and <laughs> yes. the Mighty Ducks in the 90s. Field of well, Dreams. Both Minnesota based which sports one, shows. Which one's Let the one add. with the kid who hurts his arm and then can throw really fast? It's a baseball one. The rook, Some rookie thing? The, the rookie, rookie the or rookie? something? Rookie yeah, that year. one. I don't uh-huh. remember that one. Anyway, that's it. No, it's my turn. <laughs> Joey, what's up? Thanks. Uh, I'm still really enjoying The Bad Batch. Uh, we're four episodes in now. It's very good. In my opinion, it's getting better and better. My favorite character. Uh, it seems like they're setting him up for something really terrible to happen to him. And it's very sad, but it continues to be like a very heartfelt, you know, another heartfelt show. Good animated Star Wars stuff. I will say I'm also really into, and I can't believe we haven't brought this up on the show yet. Besides like Royce and I having done an episode together. But 
I will say that I am into the Royish Good Looks podcast. Anyone listening, go and listen to that. I mean, don't don't not listen to this and listen to that instead. Listen to both, I'm saying. <laughs> but uh, right before we started recording, we were also listening to Feel the Force. Is that your latest song, Yes. Grace? Yep. So we were listening to Feel the Force in anticipation of this episode that we're recording right now, in which we are going to discuss the sequel trilogy. Yes, again, we're returning to the sequel trilogy. Let me start off by asking, what was everyone's reaction when I said, hey, this week we're going to talk about the sequel trilogy? Royce, how did you feel? (laughs) Uh, Well, one, thanks for that little plug there, bud. Love you. And also, smooth transition. Uh, I thought it would go well. You must have been practicing. (laughs) Uh, I thought, how have we already not, how have we don't talk, like, every week we should be talking about it. I feel like <laughs> most hardcore Star Wars fans are like, you know, just like, sequels. I have thoughts <laughs> about the sequels. I need to get them out. And we've yeah. kind of like stayed away from like rehashing the sequels for like a year or two, however long it's been. And uh, I think that it's kind of about time, but also... <laughs> didn't want to like watch any of them really not excited <laughs> to like watch them but we did just full disclosure we were literally just watching rise of skywalker we technically still have like 15 minutes left in it but so we watched that in preparation for this episode and i have thoughts and we can get into it <laughs> yeah see that's it's almost the opposite reaction i expected you to have because i think of the group you have voiced the most sort of opposition opinion to the sequels in the past. Like when we talked, I think one of our early podcast episodes we did on the rise of Skywalker, it had just come out and we recorded an episode. And I think you didn't enjoy it. If I remember correctly, is that correct? I think that's correct. Yeah. So I didn't expect (laughs) Royce to be like, yeah, let's get back into the sequel trilogy. Robin, what were your thoughts? I mean, I feel like we've discussed bits and pieces of them, regardless of, you know, what we're talking about, whether it's Star Wars in general or the music or whatever. But we've definitely never talked about specifically the sequels, like, together as the only subject. So I think it's a good idea. Nice. Also, not exactly the reaction I expected. We're just going better than I thought. (laughs) I mean, sorry, I thought... Yeah, yeah, Robin. Yeah, I feel like you you definitely put a little customer service on on that, but yeah, yeah. But let's keep that let's keep that momentum going as we <laughs> as we dive into these movies. Lorelai, as the casual fan of the group, mm. the the difference is, I, like, I had seen all of these movies with Royce and Robin, mm-hmm. and you came into all of our lives a little bit later. Mm-hmm. But we had seen the Rise of Skywalker together. Had you seen The Last Jedi? No. Or, well, any like uh, Force Awakens or The Last Jedi before I don't think so. we met? No, I had not. Okay. Wait, but you saw them before Rise, though, right? I did. Okay. Yeah, yes. we, we watched, watched them. them before Rise. Yeah. Um, but we didn't watch um, Rogue One. Still haven't seen Rogue One. Huh. And we didn't watch Solo, which mm. aren't like. They're not necessary. They're, they're not, not necessary, necessary, but they were the ones that came out before right. Rise. Yes. Yep. Interesting. Okay, well, that all brings up good points, I think. 
Robin Royce had said Robin sprinkled some customer service on it. Thank you, Robin. <laughs> you, I bet you were. Robin just left a customer service job, so it's still in her in her blood a little bit. But I think we also just watched them in anticipation of this episode. And I mean, showing my hands a little bit, I there's so much that I saw that I liked. And there's some stuff that we're going to talk about that I really, really didn't like. But I think when we're watching these, it's so easy to focus on what you don't like because it just happens in an instant in, in my experience, right? So you're watching the movie and you could be enjoying like an hour of the movie and then and then something happens. Like if you don't like it, when Finn says, droid, please... That happens and you're just like connected to that. And it's one one half a second moment in the movie that you don't like, but it's what you connect with. Uh, so I think it's very easy to connect to those moments and say that you don't like the movie because of that, even though you might have like enjoyed 98% of the movie. So... Maybe something to consider as we continue this conversation. <laughs> like Royce's smirky face. So, let's get into The Rise of Skywalker. We just did, you know, in our May the 4th-ish Star Wars Q&A episode, we talked a lot about The Rise of Skywalker. Uh, just because we all enjoyed it so much. Do you mean The Force Awakens? The Force Awakens. What did I say? You said The Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> wow, because I we, knew the name Just because Joey we enjoyed it. it so much. This is a historical moment. <laughs> I guess you we'll... Told I him. guess I was, I was going to redo it, but I guess we'll leave it in so you can have that. <laughs> My moment. <laughs> uh, the Force Awakens. We talked about it a lot because we all enjoyed it so much. Um, so... I don't know. We don't have to like dive deep into it unless it's the only thing you guys have something <laughs> nice to say about. But I want to know, I want to do this for each movie. I want to know what your initial impression was. Because in the past, uh, we've talked about like Royce, when we had our Rise of Skywalker episode right after the movie came out, you had said like, you know, Right now, I don't like it. I need to see it more than once. You know, with movies like this, you have to watch it more than once to really sort of pick up on everything and get mm -hmm. the feeling for it. So I want to know what your initial impressions were of The Force Awakens. You saw it. You left the theater. What did you think? If you, I suppose, if you can remember that far back. Yeah. Royce? Well, every movie, I think, to be fair you should like take some time to let it digest. Like you sure. just took in a whole story, you know? Other pieces of content, like a movie like shoots so much information at you like so quickly versus like reading a book that might take you like a long time or watching a season of a show that takes you time or like every week there's a new episode. So that's like a completely different way to like judge a work on a whole. But a movie, it's like, bam, Here's everything. Like, imagine you're on a first date with someone, you know, and they're like, here's all of my flaws, but I'm pretty good looking or what, you know what I mean? Like, you're like, this is too much to take in. And <laughs> maybe that's the way it should work. I don't know. Maybe the healthier world. Anyway, go ahead. That's how I feel about movies, though. Like, you shouldn't, like, there's a lot to take in. So you should sit back and let it, like, digest. So when you leave the theater, I think it's kind of stupid in a way, stupid for lack of a better term, to be like, what did you think of that movie? You're like, I just sure. saw it. I just saw it. Like, I don't know. And that said, after seeing Force Awakens, totally stoked. I love the ending. The ending left you wanting more. I wanted yeah. the next movie. So I was super happy with that. 
And I saw that at least four or five times in the theater. So I'd had qualms with it, like the droid please or Finn being kind of a silly character and other mm -hmm. lines of dialogue that like are silly, it being a rehash of A New Hope or whatever. But on a whole, uh, I was like fine with it when it came back, like leaving the theater. It fulfilled everything it needed to do. Yeah. Robin, what did you, do you remember your rea your initial reaction? Yeah, so that was the first Star Wars movie I ever saw in a theater. Yes, And it was, I liked it a lot. It's my favorite of the sequels. I think it's very well done. And I think I've mentioned this before, but J.J. Abrams did a very good job leaving you wanting more. He left mm -hmm. so many things hanging where you're like, oh my God, what's going to happen next? It's definitely the best one, in my opinion, <laughs> for... It's cool reasons. that was a, a <laughs> like the first theater experience for you. Yeah. Lorelai, again, yeah. this question's a little bit different for you. Mm -hmm. So you had not had a Star Wars super fan in your life until <laughs> I came along. I did not. And I kept that. I mean, that wasn't revealed to you probably for at least some time. Mm. And then, well, it certainly wasn't like first date stuff. No, probably second date. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> Sometime. Uh, and so a Star Wars super fan entered your life and then showed you this movie. So what was your first impression of The Force Awakens? I think I liked it. I mean, I was stoked. There was like a strong female character. That's mm -hmm. always exciting to me. We actually watched it this time around before we decided to watch all of the sequels for the podcast. Mm -hmm. We watched it with your mom. And it was, I mean, it's just like a fun movie and like the characters are good and they're like developed and presented well. I don't know. It's like easy to watch. Like everyone has said the cliffhanger at the end, literal cliff, mm -hmm. there's literal cliffs. <laughs> they like leave you wanting more. So in that respect, it like really did its job in terms of being the first movie in a trilogy, which... I think A New Hope doesn't do. Well, like, because they, they thought it was the only one, yeah. right? But, you know, Vader it's does like kind of get away at the end if you wanted yeah. to, like, look into it. Yeah. But, but yeah. I mean, I think in some ways it's a very modern movie in that, like, they know this is going to be a big blockbuster. They know all three are going to be, like, a big blockbuster. <laughs> so they're like, we can make a plan for this movie and leave it in a way that everybody's going to be, like, screaming at the end wanting the next movie right and not have to worry about like disappointing fans if we don't get to make another one or like worry <laughs> about like you know like right that's laughable right the well, idea of them not making another disappointing movie. fans is laughable well, and yeah. it might be something we get into here in a little bit but yes yeah, yeah but you know what i mean Nailed yeah it. yeah absolutely did you did you feel any pressure <laughs> to like it because yeah. of you no i mean I don't know. I think many times I've said that I consume media in a very different way where mm -hmm. I like watch a movie and I'm like, cool, that was good. And then it does not live rent free in my mind as it maybe does for some other people. In I've this got room. charts and graphs. <laughs> <laughs> so, Red string everywhere. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, yeah, that was entertaining. And I don't feel like I wasted those two and a half hours of my life and like it was a fun story and then I'm like oh move yeah. on like oh but but this one I think in a way was good because the cliffhanger is so like you really do want to know 
and what's about to happen. And it also plays on our like millennial nostalgia being like, like they didn't have, like they didn't have to bring Luke back. Like, and, but I mean, most of the movies that make big money these days are sequels or are based off of something that millennials already love. Right. Like that's why they've remade every Disney movie. Mm -hmm. Right. So they like know that they have to play on that nostalgia and they did that really well. And yeah, and something we've talked about on the podcast before is that Star Wars fan people are now in positions of power at these studios. Yeah. So they have grown up watching Star Wars, reading Star Wars. The 90s had so much Star Wars content in, in books and stuff. So yeah. kids, the people who grew up reading that and falling more and more in love with Star Wars after the 80s were finally able to like tell their own Star Wars stories. And so... Yeah, I think that's a big part of it too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I so we I've talked about this so much, but yeah, the the Force Awakens was the first, you know, my first theatrical Star Wars movie as an adult. I I I went to see the prequels in the theaters, but I had no I just didn't know, you know? So it was a very special movie to me. My initial reaction was I I don't know. Honestly, when I left the theater, I was like, I think that was good, but I need to confirm. Like, I didn't want to get tricked. So it's mm. the only movie in my life. Yeah, it's the only movie in my life that I uh, left the theater and got immediately back in line to buy another ticket right then and there to see it. And I didn't because the line was super long. It was obviously like it was opening weekend or whatever. And there were so many people there. But I just did a U. I walked out and got right back in line. You know, and since then I've seen it a thousand times and I love that movie. I think it's so good. Yeah, they introduced a strong female character. I loved, I just loved every character that they introduced. I talked about it. If you want to listen to me talk about it more, go back to our Star Wars Q&A episode. So all of us have mentioned the cliffhanger ending and how that, that's part of what makes The Force Awakens such a great movie. She climbs those steps. We've talked about it. The music is amazing. And she's she's handing Luke and Vader's lightsaber back to Luke. And that's how the movie ends. And it's incredible. And something J.J. Abrams does is he asks all the questions, right? Like, Robin, you were saying he's really good at, like, making you amped for the next thing because you think you're going to get answers. What J.J. Abrams never does is answers the questions that he's asked. I used to love his TED Talk. And now I'm like, you're, that's just an excuse to never tell us the rest of the story. (laughs) Like he loves the mystery box that he got from his grandfather and you don't open the mystery box because it's a mystery. You want it to stay a mystery, but he never answers his questions. But anyway, The Last Jedi starts, uh, it doesn't really start that way. It starts with a joke. It It eventually cuts to Luke. Is that where you're going? It's, it eventually cuts to Luke and he throws the lightsaber off the cliff. And I want to know if that takes away from the ending of The Force Awakens. Who has thoughts? For me, it, ta- like, it takes away from that moment. I have words to say later that like, I've come to terms with what that, the symbolism of what Luke does right there. But I would say like, my initial response to that movie's op- like that scene in that movie when I first saw it was like, well, that completely negates the ending of The Force mm-hmm. Awakens. Royce? 
You got a thought? Oh, I do. I was just trying to let somebody else jump in if they they had something burning. Uh, it was really confusing. You're like, why did he do that? And then they explain that Luke's gone crazy. But that's why Last <laughs> Jedi pisses everybody off so much, or at least a large percentage of people, because they're like, I don't understand why Luke would do that. You think he'd be like, you finally found me, you know? And right. you're like, oh, she's arrived. Because you think she's arrived at the end of Force Awakens. And then all that's thrown out the window and this will not go the way you think or whatever. That's like the whole thing with Last Jedi. Uh, But like you said, kind of coming to terms with it, I think that they just should have set up why Luke was doing that before he did it. They like ripped the Band-Aid off and you're like, what? I don't get it. Right. And then you have to play this game of like respecting the movie rather than the movie respecting your like selfish desire which is exactly the opposite point of The Last Jedi. But I've had some like fan fiction back and forth with my old studio buddies about this. Will Manning, if he's listening, what's up, Will? Uh, he, he's like, why didn't Luke just say like, I was trying to run away from this and you brought it back from me. Like, you don't, you don't know what I've been through. I like gave right. that lightsaber away. And then like that kind of conclude you in immediately. But he's just like, go away. And then immediately everyone is like, what? That's Luke? Yeah. You developed a character and you threw the character out without cluing us into why. So I was confused by it. And that immediately made, like you said, what moment of this movie ticked you off? That's like the first moment. Well, not the first moment, like you said. But there's other first moments that also ticked me off in that movie. It immediately starts on the wrong foot for me, personally. I agree. I I will say that I like, we're going to get into the, the stuff that I like about The Last Jedi and watching it this time around, I do I do consider this movie good. I do like this movie. But yeah, we're going to talk about sort of the first half of Act One that I think is, that ticks me off in Royce's words. What do you think, Robin? <laughs> <laughs> we could leave it there. Sprinkle yeah. some customer service on it. <laughs> I don't want to. Uh, you don't have to. <laughs> I mean... The entire movie is like if you're playing T-ball and you just purposely decide to not swing anywhere near the T and you're like, fuck it, I'm going to turn around and I'm going to swing at the fence because I don't care. (laughs) What for the lightsaber moment specifically, though? The entire thing. Anything that was set up that I was so excited to find out the answers to in... The Last Jedi, it was like they made a joke out of every single thing in the first movie. And you're like, oh, so that's what that is. Oh, Hmm. that's what that is. Oh, all right. That's what that is, too, I guess. Like, it's just they I don't know if it would have been different had they had J.J. Abrams direct all three movies, if he would have kept it going and done a better job. But anything that was set up in the first movie was just kind of like crapped on in the second movie. And I think they kind of they made The Force Awakens feel like a big joke because they made so many like weird jokes and they just kind of disregarded anything that was set up. And they were just like, ha here's this thing. You want to see Luke drink from a cow? Yeah? Well, uh. that's one of the, yeah, that's just one of the things I don't like about this movie. <laughs> mm-hmm. Lorelai. Yeah. Do you, does this matter to you at all? <laughs> I, I just mean like, where, what, what I mean is we... Like, we're such big fans of Star Wars mm-hmm. that it matters. Yeah. But from you coming in it from, like, just watching the storytelling yeah. elements of it, like, the narrative as a whole, does that 
specific scene have uh, as I guess as a negative impact on you as it does us? Probably not. I mean, it definitely I think it was supposed to be funny, but it just kind of wasn't funny. Like it didn't it like kind of towed the line between like funny and not. And from my perspective, like the fact that Luke has isolated himself somewhere like was already known. Right. Like we already knew that he was like done with being a Jedi and done with the world because he had like they were like, oh, he went somewhere and we don't know how to find him. It's like Leia doesn't know how to get in touch with him. Obviously, something terrible happened and he doesn't want to be involved anymore. Like that was kind of Hmm. already known. Right. So I think the fact that, you know, Ray shows up with the lightsaber and tries to hand it to him. Like, I don't think he was ever going to have like a good reaction. Right. So like. Maybe had they just, I think if he had still thrown it off the cliff, but they could have, if it hadn't been right after like a funny cold open, it might have like struck a different chord. Like it wasn't necessarily a bad idea. It just like came off as like, is this supposed to be funny? There were too many jokes. It was like too many. Yeah, it was too many jokes. Like Dude, I'm so with you, Lorelai. I love this. Yeah. yeah. It should have cold open to that moment. It should have been yeah. like dead silent. It been the ex- like zero time passes. Mm-hmm. It picks right up where the and I, I honestly I thought the scene with Poe and Hux was really funny. And I think they should have just put that in the mid. Like they could have if they had just flipped those scenes. Sure, it would have been a lot better. You're hired. Like, obviously, no time. Yeah, uh. right. Thank you. <laughs> um, obviously, no time has passed because. They do eventually open to like Ray hand, but then like but Poe. That's making it so now much this worse. Whole other thing, so it's just like if they had just flip flopped those two scenes, then the fir- the scene with Ray and Luke would have seemed a lot more serious, and you know it wouldn't have been yeah. quite so weird. But I think overall, like there are things that I didn't like about this movie, but I don't like hate it. Mm-hmm. I guess. Well, we're gonna. I think we're gonna get into more stuff. In that same scene, does Ray see the X-Wing in the water at the same time? No, I think it's a little bit... I thought it was all... Well, it's very choppy in the beginning. They go back and forth between the island and other stuff. See, that would be cool, too, if she's immediately like, oh, and we can all size up, like you said, why he's exiled himself. I don't think the exiling was super clear, at least to me. Like, you know he's there, but why is he there? We don't know, and then they don't explain it as well. I would say it's more clear to me having recently watched it. And I put off watching these movies again for a long time. But like I've said before, I'm sort of I'm I'm hearing other people's perspective, you know, like online and in these Star Wars communities. And when I don't know, there's something about hearing other people's perspective that just makes things make more sense or makes you feel a different way about things. But I do think to your points, Lorelai, I do. Well, we can't like... I don't know how much time has passed. It could have taken Ray months to get to that island, you know? Mm. I think we can't... You can't, like, think about it in a linear time. I I just... I mean, we could look it up and see, like, how far after The Force Awakens uh, The Last Jedi is supposed to take place. But they're standing there. Yeah, but it could have taken her very long to get there. Like, there could be a time jump in The Force Awakens at the end. I'm not sure. But... There is something in there about, like, the arrogance of people at wartime, right? Like, this guy exiled himself for his own reasons. Reasons to him were very important. 
And you just, I mean, and Luke says this in the show. He says, you think I'm just going to pick up a laser sword and take on the entire First Order? He's like, I am here for a reason. I left for a reason. And they do go into why he exiled himself. And I and watching it this time around, it was sort of a powerful experience for me. It made me sort of, I, I picked up on it more and I was able to understand it more. I've also been reading a little bit of the Rise of Kylo Ren comic books, which I recommend to anyone listening who would like to do that. But yeah, I do think this time around, when I saw him throw the lightsaber over the cliff, like the first time he drops that lightsaber, it's by force, right? Vader cut off his hand and that lightsaber falls. This time it falls by Luke's choice. Like it's happened and there's, it's happened twice. And I think there's some symbolism there that Ryan Johnson was trying to portray or whoever the writers were. Luke throwing the lightsaber was a symbol for everything he stands for now, which, and getting his hand cut off by Vader was a symbol for what Luke stood for then. He was trying to be a Jedi. He wasn't ready. He took on the forces of evil and he lost the lightsaber. Now he's exiled. He has seen the flaws in the Jedi and he doesn't want anything to have to do with them. So he throws the lightsaber away. I should have led with all of that so that we could have all had a thought provoking discussion about how right I am. No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry. I said that. Uh, but yeah, Is I agree. That- you agree I should have opened with that? <laughs> no, like, like that you don't need the lightsaber to like be a Jedi or a good person or save the universe or whatever. But like sort of to Lorelai's point, like it just, you could have had a little bit more focus on why that made sense rather than it being like another gag in the movie immediately. Or just put yeah. two lines of dialogue in where Ray's like, this is your lightsaber. You're going to need this. And he's like, yeah. you think I need this? And she's like, well, isn't it a Jedi's weapon? And then he throws it away. Right. You know, well, like, one line of dialogue. Yeah. We could rewrite the movie and make fanfic mm-hmm. and stuff. Uh, I mean, yeah. You well, only understood guess... it in that retrospect and like all that time passing to think about True. it in the theater as someone who's already seen Star Wars for like yeah. 30 years. You know, it didn't make sense. But like you, But like you were saying, you need to see movies especially something like this multiple times to appreciate different things about it right did i say that what an idiot (laughs) i will say that i think a an issue i have with this movie is everything that that's leading up to that yeah like it's all jokes and i i I don't particularly like the scene between poe and and hux because well hux Hux is one of two very big wasted potential characters in this trilogy. But he was such an incredible character in the in The Force Awakens. And he gives that that very powerful Hitler-like speech in The Force Awakens and sets himself up as this the true villain, you know, like a true evil character. And the amount of acting and gravity he puts into that speech is incredible and then he's reduced to this in the the first scene of the last jedi it's a lot like throwing the lightsaber over the cliff it's a most uh, sislak bit with bart simpson being like hey i'm calling for a huge ass yeah yeah <laughs> there's that and then there's 
BB-8 trying to fix the weapons array in the X-Wing with all the little things that come out of him to like plug the, Mm -hmm. to connect the current or whatever. And then he just slams his head into it and it works. So that's two jokes. Then there's the thing with Hux and Snoke and Snoke like lays him out on the floor and spins him around. There's too many jokes in the first half of act one. And I think that that's, there's, there's something very special in Star Wars about the balance. Huh, what do you know? Balance. Balance. The balance of drama and action and family and heart and comedy. And this, The Last Jedi, I feel, just laid all the comedy out at the front of the movie. And it just one comedic scene into another. And I think that maybe you're right, Lorelai, that that scene on the mountain on the island would have had more of an impact if it wasn't after all of these other, jo- like, 15 jokes. Yep. When was the last time you, Royce and Robin, watched The Last Jedi? Was it when you had to turn it off, Royce? Uh, yes. So that would have been, I was still at the old apartment. So that would have been in, could have been any time before the summer of 2018. It could have been Jeez. the summer of 2018 even. Could have, somewhere around then. But I remember yeah. thinking, like, I need to rewatch this movie. It was, like, definitely before Rise of Skywalker, obviously. And I wanted to rewatch it and give it a shot. And I, I turned it off. Uh, I think even before they got to that Luke scene. I, I just cannot get through that the intro battle, like you said, yeah. is not good. Oh, uh, with the bombers and everything, too. The, yeah. I mean, the battle's kind of, it's cool. But, yeah, it has too many flavors that turn me off. So, over two, three years ago, I guess? Yeah. Wow. Well, maybe this will inspire you to give it another watch with different a different perspective. I had intended to watch it, but we <laughs> either didn't have enough time or the dyad... The dyad had, did not align properly. Had poor reception that day. <laughs> Robin, when was the last time you watched The Last Jedi? Whenever it came out on Blu-ray, because I think we bought it like when it came out. And watched the Blu-ray? For some reason, I want to say it was like Easter weekend. Nope, I remember. Like 2018. Hmm. I definitely forced Robin to watch it, and then we watched all the bonus features. The bonus features are like 20 hours long. It's horribly boring. I love seeing how the movies are made. That makes it more special to me. Robin does not like to see how the proverbial vegan sausage is made. I mean, I like knows how the sausage guys made. I like behind the scenes stuff, but there was something about the way it was just like the movie. I remember watching it being like, even the behind the scenes sucks (laughs) and it's boring. Like, oh, thanks for showing me behind the scenes for this pile of garbage. Like, thanks for showing me the dumpster. (laughs) Must be getting late in your shift, right, Robin? Can we uh, (laughs) put a happy face on? Nope. Strong, strong, strong words. Well, see, that's a really, it's interesting that you say that, Robin. Lorelai, I'm going to tell you a very special story. Lorelai and (laughs) listeners. Mm. Royce, Robin, and I went to Boston together. I was their third wheel, as it were, in Boston to, to, to go to the premiere of The Last Jedi. We made a whole weekend of it. Yeah. Did we spend a weekend? And it was great. We went to bars and we went to comic book stores and I bought copies of Sex Criminals. Listeners, if you like comic <laughs> books, read Sex Criminals. It's really good. It's about a couple of people who, when they have sex, when they climax, time stops and they commit crimes. Anyway, it's really good. Anyway, I bought it that weekend. 
Uh, so we all saw The Last Jedi together. And when we left the theater, Robin and I were like, yeah, sure. And Royce was like, it's time to be done with Star Wars, pretty much. He was like, it's time for Star Wars to end. Well, we had also so, made like, we, we didn't talk about it until we got back to like the hotel bar. And it was at least like a 20 minute walk from the theater to the hotel. Yeah, Joey, yeah. Joey, you did insist that we not speak one word about it until we had <laughs> drinks in hand. Dude, the, <laughs> the whole walk, I remember just thinking like, I need to say that sucked and have everyone agree with me, right? But I was like, I'm going to wait. I'm replaying the movie. You guys are replaying the movie. Whew, that was we that did, was rough. <laughs> we did exactly what you again, Royce, up top of this episode. You said it's stupid to leave and immediately form an opinion about a movie, but we were doing exactly <laughs> that. And something I love to do, or I might still love to do it. I don't know. COVID's gotten in the way of a lot of stuff, but I loved going to see a movie and leaving that movie and going out somewhere to get drinks and talking about the movie. I love it, and I don't like it when people don't want to do that. <laughs> so we did that. Um, it took way too long for any drink <laughs> to arrive. I think the, well, we the walk even sit back, at the bar. The walk back was too sobering. The drinks came too late, and it was a recipe for disaster, listeners. <laughs> <laughs> but my point is that Robin and I were okay with a lot of it at that point. So Robin, has it? changed for you? Has your opinion changed having seen it since then? I remember leaving the theater and not having too many problems with it. There were definitely some things I didn't like about the movie. And then re-watching it was like shining a spotlight on all the stuff that I already didn't like and things that I might have not paid close attention to the first time. I really hate this movie. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> wow. Like, there are some cool things, but mostly side characters such as Porgs and those cool crystal foxes. You like the Porgs. I like the Porgs. Yeah, I own a Porg and those crystal foxes were very cool. One. Yeah. The Porgs are great. Um, wait, wait. Okay, I have, Robin I have, hates it. I have, uh, I want to continue on that for one second because I think you brought up a good point. You're like, I saw it once and I was like relatively in good spirits about it and I saw it again. I had a different opinion. Could be better, could be worse. The same thing happened to you and I after Rogue One. We saw it the first time with my brother, Russ, and we were like, that was amazing. Wow, let's go see it again. We saw it again, and we were like, hey, there's a lot of problems with this movie. And we went back, and we were like, Russ was like, how was it? We were like, well, we didn't like it this time. And he was like, should have only seen it once. I did not like it the first time. Oh. <laughs> But I specifically remember Russ being like, you should have just watched it once and just ate your popcorn. And then, like Lorelai said, don't let it live rent free. And you could probably enjoy it a lot more. It's impossible. I should have only seen The Last Jedi once and I'd probably have very fond memories of it. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> because of our weekends yeah. together. Yes. <laughs> there is a part of this movie that now lives rent free in my mind. <laughs> what part is that? Okay. You were probably going to bring it up anyway, but the relationship between Poe and the like lady general person um, who Rose? takes over after no who takes over after Holdo? Laura Leia, Dern's yeah Holdo. Laura Dern's character Holdo yeah Holdo so I think after the first time I saw it I had the reaction that they were hoping you would have which is like this lady's a bitch like blah <laughs> oh, blah blah we could go into right? this and then we just watched it and I was like wait a minute 
first off, Poe's an asshole yep. who doesn't respect a woman's authority. That's like what it comes down to is he like can't pot, like he just can't fathom that this woman might have better ideas than he does. It's like, oh, that can't possibly be true. And like also no woman in a position of authority who's being like challenged like that then afterwards goes like, oh, he's such a good one or whatever bullshit she, she says. says to Leia. Yeah, yeah, like they're like chatting afterwards and she's just like, well, to him, to his face, she's like, I've dealt with so many flyboys like you, whatever, which is probably very true. And she's been dealing with them her whole career. And then to Leia, she's like, he's a great one or some bullshit. And it's just like so frustrating that like the whole time you're like made to think like this lady's a bitch when actually Poe's just being an asshole and like deserved to get shot and yeah. <laughs> like it was just super annoying so that part I am now very angry about and I'm also mad at my own reaction the first time I saw it I was like oh this lady sucks she doesn't know what she's doing it's like no Poe's being an asshole she had it she had the whole situation under control the whole time, mm -hmm. and then she sacrificed her own life to save all of them. So Poe can go suck it. She had no obligation to tell Poe no. Dameron what her plan was. Poe, in this movie, and this is something that gets flip-flopped, I think, because it goes J.J. Abrams, Ryan Johnson, J.J. Abrams. In this movie, Poe Dameron is the representation of white male entitlement. Yeah. He thinks he deserves to be in charge. He thinks he deserves to know what the person in charge is doing at all times. He thinks he deserves everything in this movie. He mutinies against her. Yeah. Meanwhile, Leia put her in charge. Poe is a bad guy in this movie. Yeah. I mean, he's super it, the character is written so that he thinks he's doing the right thing, but he's the he is just the representation of entitlement. Uh, we could talk about that forever. Um, and it's a shame. And then it, and then it just the flops movie, right back to him being the hero. And, being and yeah. great, yeah. Um, I anyway, will say... That was rent-free in my mind. Yeah, I'm sorry about <laughs> that. But there's a lot of good it. stuff in this movie, and I would encourage all of you to go back and watch it with with this in mind like there's uh, like i said i think we focus on the negative like little negative bits i mean i don't know maybe they're big negative bits for you but there's some really good stuff there's a great like there's a i think there's some great storytelling elements like the juxtaposition between ray and her master in luke and kylo and his master in snoke and snoke and Luke both being, you know, there's no sort of, there's no figure there. There's no master figure. Snoke and Luke are both being jerks to their apprentices. You know, Snoke criticizes Kylo. And I think like that whole interaction is very relatable, right? The passionate mix of emotions that you feel when someone you look up to is condescending or insulting you. And that I think that that is very well emoted in that scene in that movie. And then and then Kylo breaks his mask. He's like, take that ridiculous thing off when you're talking to me. And it's like Snoke made you feel like you were the next Vader. You made this mask as a symbol. And then he's like a jerk about it. And Luke is obviously a jerk to, to Rey when they first meet. So I think there's very interesting storytelling elements there with like the master apprentice roles. The space battle, when Kylo goes after... Leia's ship 
and he destroys the hangar. I think that's like a really great space battle. It looks incredible. It looks incredible. It sounds incredible. It's really cool. Uh, and there's some great force stuff. There's some like great Star Wars lore and great force lore. There's the connection between Rey and Kylo. There's the connection between Kylo and Leia. There's the connection between Luke and Leia. And all this stuff that they focus on that I missed watching it previously because of the bits that I didn't like occupying my brain. I missed all of this cool stuff. When Luke goes back onto the Falcon for the first time, he turns on the lights in the cockpit. He sees R2 and he's like, I can't go back. No one can say anything that'll make me go back. And then R2 plays Leia's message from A New Hope. There's those moments that I, that are really good, I think. Um, so... I think I guess most what I'm people would is, agree with you, but sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, well, I think you were going to get, I think you were going to respond to the next thing I was going to say, which is, uh, I encourage you to watch it with these eyes, which I already said. Uh, to be fair, yeah, I think Robin and I do need to watch it again to have a more unbiased opinion, or at least a more informed opinion. Is there a difference between that? Uh, but... I don't think that stuff makes up for the movie on a whole, you know, like that's really the issue at hand. Like I can poke holes in any Star Wars movie or any movie for that matter. But on a whole, like force lore and the Jedi lore, like doesn't make it a good movie. Like just like Uh, putting X-Wings in it or having a John Williams soundtrack or having, (laughs) you know, none of that makes it a good movie on a whole everything's got to work together really well and that movie has a really bunch of odd puzzle pieces that like kind of don't fit together yes i agree it doesn't stuff like that doesn't make a movie good but what i guess we're having enjoy those parts though we're having opposite points here where i'm saying i think the moments and maybe it's because we just watched all of these in a row. So that I, I think they fit together really well, which I think we'll get into. But what I'm seeing is I think the moments that you're referencing don't necessarily make a movie bad. It's easy for me to focus on the good bits, if they're even if they're infrequent, and say, these are good parts. But it's also easy to focus on the bad bits, even if they're infrequent, and say, these this is what makes the movie bad. You know what I'm saying? Well, yeah. Uh, you, But... Exactly what you said up top, though. As soon as something distracts you or takes you out of the moment, you can no longer enjoy it, you know? So as soon as you're like, all right, you have a wonderful gourmet meal in front of you, and you're like, this is amazing. I'm loving this. And then you find a hair in it. (laughs) (laughs) Ruins the whole thing. Oh, man, I wish I had more time to come up with a response. Here's what will happen, audience. Royce will make that point, and I'll be like, that's a good point. And in two days, I'll come up with the best argument for that point, and I'll be like, well, we already recorded the episode. So, so. to be fair, I've not that exact metaphor, but I, I think about this a lot because I teach students how to, like, mix a song from start to finish. If you're listening sure. to a song, and there's, like, a bad edit, or there's a weird mixing thing, and it's going to take you out of listening to the song, then you failed as a like recording engineer or a mixing engineer. I don't want to listen to it and be like, oh, that's, that's a really odd choice you made there. And now I'm not listening to the song. And that's exactly what happens when I'm watching The Last Jedi. So yeah, there's lots of cool moments in it, but like the tambourine is too loud in the first act or whatever, you know? So it takes you out of the movie. 
And as soon as that happens, the work of art fails, in my opinion. Even if you're like, that's a really cool guitar solo, but I don't like the chorus or whatever it is. It has to be a linear thing. It doesn't matter. We don't have to go down rabbit holes. That's my opinion. Sure. Man, I think this is a really great discussion on how we like things, right? Something, again, something we've talked about on this podcast is like, we all have opinions. It's okay to have an opinion. Just don't be like a jerk about it. Um, But we all have opinions about things. And this is a really interesting like window into how particularly you, Royce, form your opinion. Sure. You know what I mean? Like, That's a good way to put it's it. It's just really interesting in like how we each form our opinions about things. Robin, when we left the theater, what you and I talked about liking was the Yoda scene. That is the best part in that entire we, movie. <laughs> we just watched and it's still so good. The, the Just like seeing him again felt very special, but also their entire interaction and him setting the books, setting the tree on fire and being like, you don't need the books, right? Like page turners, they were not, you know, it's Mm -hmm. like you were keeping them in a tree. (laughs) You weren't even using them. You don't need them. And he's like, you didn't do what I said. You didn't pass on what you've learned. And then Luke still doesn't do that. I thought that was a little bit weird, but Anyone out there listening who who has a different perspective on that scene, I'd love to talk about it. Honestly, I, I really would. I love hearing people's different perspectives on it. But so that's your is that your favorite or a part that you like, Robin? That's definitely my favorite part. Lorelai? I liked that part. It reminds me of the scene in The Lion King where Rafiki like smacks Simba around <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. It's a good it's, a it's good like, vibe. what are you thinking? Yeah. No, I think, yeah, I think that's really good for so many reasons. Um, uh, just so good. Royce, do you, can you, can you find a thing? <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, there's lots of little moments that I would love to rant about. That, uh, liking as much as not liking. There's plenty of cool little parts, especially like cinematography stuff. But plot wise, I would say uh, when Luke shows up on Crate, it's a nice moment. He shares a really nice moment with Leia. Yeah. And then he goes and confronts Kylo. And then when he's like, see you around, kid. And you're like, oh, he's not really there. He's a ghost. Oh, that's amazing. And he like serves Kylo. And then everyone watches as like Kylo doesn't get to like blow up Luke Skywalker. And he looks like a little baby. That's yeah. great. And he says, see you around, kid. I love that. Where he's like dropping the mic on him. That's fun. And then like, again, he serves as like the legend for the rebellion or the resistance. Oh, that is, he's, you said the magic word because something I think this movie does really well. And it's, and Luke even says it. He even says like, I'm not the legend that everyone thinks I am. And at this point, it means, I don't know, if you watch that, that scene means so much to the movie and like what Ray is trying to get him to do. And like, even if he showed up at this point, Like he said, again, what am I going to show up and take on the entire First Order? There's no way he can be everything to everyone. But he's also legendary at that point. The Star Wars books that had been coming out since the end of Return of the Jedi to the beginning of The Force Awakens. Luke is a superhero. I mean, he has done everything. He has conquered the Empire. He started the new Jedi Order. He is a legend. In those books. Now those books are what we call legends. But that piece of dialogue and that scene hits on so many levels, I think. 
And then he is this legendary figure in the field, untouchable by Kylo Ren. I think, man, yeah, watch it again. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. I've talked about all the things that I like. I There is one particular scene that I didn't have much appreciation for before, and then we watched it this time, and I had a huge appreciation for it, and that is the scene when Ray goes into that cave on the island and understanding that it's that it's a reflection of the scene in Empire when Luke goes into the cave on Dagobah. Yoda says, like, don't take your weapon, and Luke tells Rey not to go, and they both sort of face their fear, right? She, her fear of her parents, like, never returning, and all of that stuff, and she wants to see them, so she goes in the pit, and Luke facing his fear, which is Vader, but then it's also Luke turning to the dark side. There's a great connection there. Like, what is it? Star Wars reflects itself, right? And I just, I had a huge appreciation for that scene this time around. It's like poetry. It, it rhymes. That's it. Yes. Star Wars rhymes. That was my George Lucas impression, everybody. That's a very good one. Mm. Yes. Good stuff. Thanks. Um, okay. So you just watched three quarters of The Rise of Skywalker. Turned it off right before you came into the studio. Yep. It's fresh in your minds. Very fresh. So I want to ask the same question that I asked about The Force Awakens. What was your initial impression of The Rise of Skywalker? That's one that we all saw together. Mm-hmm. Hooray. Yay. So what was your initial impression? Let's, I don't know, let's start with Robin. Uh, I loved it. When we saw it in the theater, I thought it was awesome. I didn't think it was quite as good as Force Awakens, but definitely a thousand times better than <laughs> Last Jedi. I thought it was just a really fantastic movie. Royce? <laughs> uh, just listeners, I'm laughing at his face. <laughs> I initially did enjoy the like adventure aspect of the movie. Like you have to keep watching because you're like, where are they going to go next? Are they going to get to the final destination? But then once the movie ended and I like was able to form some of my opinion, I was like, no, that wasn't, I did not like that. And, <laughs> and I remember Joey leaning in and obviously Joey, if this is not your initial reaction, then you can correct me. But you were like, that was so good. And I remember being like, biting my tongue. I don't want to shit on this moment. But like, that was not my opinion. But you were like, guys, right? Yeah. And I didn't like it then. And I remember bitching and complaining the car ride home with Robin. Like, I was like really, I already had all of the plot points like mapped out. Like, this was bad. This was bad. Didn't like this. I, I was immediately on the train. But I think it was easier for me to not like it because I didn't like Last Jedi. Like, I was already expecting it to not be great. So, no, I didn't like it from day one. We did go see it again. I think Robin was probably like, why would we go see it again if you didn't like it? And then I didn't watch it ever again until today. Mm. And I still mm. don't like it. Huh. Yeah. All right. Well, Lorelai? I liked it in that it's, I think it's like fun and easy to watch. Mm. And there's a lot of sort of emotional moments. I think it still bugs me. I think it bugged me when we first saw it. Yeah, it still bugs me now. Say. Wait. No, you don't. <laughs> I think the part that bugged me the first time around doesn't bug me as much this time okay. around. But 
the part that really bugs me is that they just shoehorned Palpatine back in. It's like he wasn't there for two old movies. Then all of a sudden yeah. in the scroll, it's like, oh, Palpatine's back. It's like, fuck that. What? <laughs> like, what happened to the story arc? I guess it like wasn't really that well developed, like what was going to actually happen in this movie. But the fact that they were like, oh, we have to bring back this other villain just for shits and giggles, I guess. The whole know. movie like, relies on him, too. I it's know. Not a cameo. The, no, it's like the whole thing. Like, well, really, it turns out the like foundation of the whole thing, like of Ray's story is that she's related, that she's Palpatine's granddaughter. And it's like they could have. I mean, they obsessed a little bit about who Ray is earlier on. And it's like, you're nobody. Mm hmm. Blah, blah, blah. And it's been Palpatine all like, along. He's like, why do I love you? You're no one. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's been Palpatine all along. But they could have made that more of a thing earlier on. So it wasn't just like, oh, all of us. It just seemed really out of place. Yeah. And I don't think it was a bad twist. I just don't think Palpatine needed to be there. Like they could have revealed, oh, you're actually the granddaughter of Palpatine and like figured out a way to make her have her sort of internal dark versus light struggle in a way that didn't involve her like going up to the Palpatine mummy and being like, no, I won't join you. You know, like it could have just been like revealed that's who her grandfather is and like let her have her internal battle and like figured out some other sort of way to make the movie climax. But yeah. Anyway, the first time we saw it, the first time we talked about it on this podcast, I ranted a lot about the kiss at the end. Yep. <laughs> it still bugs me, but maybe not as much. I don't know. It was, again, just like kind of awkward. I will say that it doesn't bug me, and I am firmly in the... I am coming... I'm, I'm saying it right here, right now on this podcast. I am firmly in the Raylo camp is that a thing that's their so, couple name raylo raylo listeners if you're out there be with me mm. i mean to be fair i do think it's that the movie Ky <laughs> like the fact that kylo was so in love with ray is one of the only things that actually like i don't think it was like leia helped like pull him out of his like weird funk that led him to like destroy worlds and whatnot as we all do when we're in a funk but you know, I think really it was Ray that like pulled him back to the the light. Yeah. No, I think there's something very special there that is built upon. I don't know. I said this last time we talked about it. That is built upon a little bit throughout The Last Jedi, their connection. Mm -hmm. And then Snoke says it's because of him and then it, it isn't. But their connection I, is one of the strongest things through the sequel trilogy. The yeah, sequel trilogy that... doesn't have a lot of through lines from Force Awakens to Last Jedi to Rise, but Rey and Kylo being frenemies is one of them. Yeah. yeah. Which I think is super interesting. Yeah, it's not perfect, but like that's the, the best thing if you want to be like, why do you like the sequels? Because of Raylo. I yeah. do love their connection. I, I don't love, I just, I, I don't love it being, I don't love the label. Don't, I don't love like where what Palpatine does is that we're a dyad. Yeah, that comes force. out of nowhere too. I don't like that, but I do like the connection itself. So again, in retrospect, I think the idea of evil persevering and you having to face evil is 
can justify a little bit the return of Palpatine. There was actually a discussion about it, about this on Twitter today, that a lot of people latch onto is the line, somehow Palpatine returned. Yeah, that's a bad line. That's bad. That's <laughs> like, very, somehow, very, very who bad. Who knows how? We're only the people who literally make up the story and we don't know how it happened. Sure, it's but like, also science. There's, there's yeah. this sentiment. I mean, they do go into it a little bit after Poe says that line. There's the dark science. There's the Sith stuff. There's the, the cloning. cloning. Secrets only the Sith knew. It, yeah, I exactly. wish we knew them. We could have been one step ahead, but we weren't because well, you're, he's shoehorned but, in. But but being one step ahead, wanting to be one step ahead, but not is like an element of good versus evil storytelling. That's just the way it's going to be. But I do think that the perseverance of evil is the idea behind Palpatine. Go ahead, Royce. I have a question. Yeah. Uh, so if the Star Wars movies are supposed to rhyme, like if it's every other stanza or every other trilogy, the end of Revenge of the Sith, the bad guys win. Mm-hmm. If Rey had turned to evil, Kylo turned to good, and then they were like, it's not over yet. And like now Kylo's got to redeem Rey or whatever. Like... And then you're welcome, Disney. You got three more movies with Raylo. So, well, but I don't know. So obviously it's fan fiction, BS, whatever. But yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I, they wanted to end it, right? And this was the story. The end of Revenge of the Sith, the bad guys win. And the end of Return of the Jedi, the good guys win. But then we go into this trilogy knowing that even though the good guys won at the end of Return of the Jedi, the bad guys came back we never saw Uh, people swap places though you saw anakin go from good to bad and then bad to good in a snap right okay so it would have been interesting to see ray go to bad and kylo go to good but not have one of them fall down a shaft in the death star you know what i'm saying yeah but i think something that they set up in the force awakens is ray being better i think there's a strong element of storytelling here that's the new and future generations are meant to be better than the former generations. And I don't mean like elitist better. I don't mean like, oh, we're better than you. I mean, uh, any parent would want from their child, you know, you pass on, you just, you want them to be better. You want them to go and exist and be better in, in existence. And so I think the idea here with Ray is that we had... She's got the Palpatine the, blood, but there's well, stronger things than blood. They're not necessarily kumbaya. the Palpatine thing. But <laughs> in The Force Awakens, she's even set up. She's, she's, she's the first woman character, so the industry, the studio in general is getting better, right? We're having more representation. And then you want each generation to be better, so Rey's going to be a better representation of the Jedi than Luke. Every step you take is a step higher on that mountain on that island to being a better jedi than the previous generation and so she did not submit to being evil she had every opportunity she saw herself on the throne she had an awesome mini lightsaber duel with her evil self that scene we when did we watch that yesterday Mm -hmm. and i thought wow that's a really cool lightsaber battle but anyway and and then palpatine offers her the opportunity and she could have gone evil and then Kylo, you know, she knew Kylo was there and she could have like, you know, okay, well, Kylo will kill me or whatever if I turn evil or if Palpatine enters my body. But she didn't take that. Anakin took it. He's the, he's 
three generations back. He took it. He wanted to save Padme, but he went evil. Luke had a moment where he was tested by evil. You know, he saw himself in it. Rey never had the opportunity. She didn't give herself the opportunity to turn her evil. She's better than before. And I think that that really means something. The end. <laughs> it's a nice, happy ending overall. I think the story would have been different if Ray. I mean, obviously the story would have been different if Ray turned evil, but I think that it's so meaningful that she didn't. She, she knew, she saw it, she had the opportunity, and she didn't take that opportunity. And that just speaks to her being the next generation of, of Jedi. Here's, what, here's another point. Uh, the Emperor's arrogance is his downfall each time, just like Luke said in Return of the Jedi. Every time. Also, three times. In each trilogy, maybe this is why they put Palpatine in. In each trilogy, his lightning is his own downfall. It, it happens three times. I think you we talked about this. You can't rhyme lightning with lightning. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so that's, okay. Maybe we can cut some stuff out. But that's a point I was going to make to what you said, Royce. Like, just because it rhymes doesn't mean it has to follow the same same stanza. It's sure. more of it's more of the reflection, right? Like Ray, Ray in the in the cave, Luke in the cave, the temptation of evil, uh, you know, all that stuff. There's some good. There's some really great connections between Ray and the character Omega on the Bad Batch. So Star Wars rhymes in that respect, which I think are really cool connections. Dyads in the force all over the place. So I hope, does anyone else have anything to say about the rise of Skywalker? Many, 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 many more things, but not today. I will say that Lorelai and I have recently watched all three and I think that they connect really well. And a question that Royce asked on our original rise of Skywalker episode was, does the rise of Skywalker feel like a satisfying ending? to the Skywalker saga. And at that point, I couldn't answer, or maybe I could answer, and I said, well, I guess not really. But now having watched them, having interacted with other people and listening to other people's perspective and how that's influenced me and having watched them sequentially, I will say that I was very satisfied with the trilogy when we got to the end. I don't, we were watching it and the, scene, the ending scene came up and I was like, I don't really like this part. And then she buries the lightsabers in the sand. And I don't like that part. But I will say I do like the part where she says Ray Skywalker, which I, again, is another thing I did not have an appreciation for before. But having watched it recently, now, I do have an appreciation for. The, the sentiment that your past does not define you, you know, it's not necessarily let the past die. It's that you need the past in order to be who you are but that you can be whoever you want to be. She came from a scavenger, nobody on Jakku. She had this adventure. She learned who she was in terms of like her parentage and she had a choice and she chose who she is. And I think that's a very powerful ending to the saga. So I guess I will ask each of you, well, it doesn't matter, Royce and Robin, I already, we already know the answer, right? Lorelai, are you satisfied? Yeah, I still think it's a little dumb that she was like, Ray Skywalker, because it's supposed, it's, I mean, it's all a little bit weird. It's supposed to be the end of the Skywalker saga. The Skywalkers are supposed to be over, I thought. And the last movie is called The Rise of Skywalker. And it's like, Ray is just 
deciding that she's a Skywalker, which is all fine and dandy. I think you're totally right that like people deserve and like should have the choice to be who they want to be and their parents don't define them. And her parents were wonderful, by the way. It's just that her grandfather was a dick. So, um, you know, I think that's all fine and dandy, but like in terms of the storytelling, it's like a little weird. Not like bad. It's just kind of weird. Like it's a weird decision. Mm. She could have just not, I don't know. That scene didn't need to happen. I think it would have been more impactful had it been like if that lady with the weird camel thing was like, are you a Jedi? And she was like, yeah. I am, and like they're I'm, back, baby. Yeah, except she's the one leading them this time, and whatever that didn't have to be like. Why do you have to? Yeah. I well, know. I think that's the I I I. Well, I hope that's the point they were trying to make. Yeah. Like you could be whoever you want to be, and so she picked Skywalker. Yeah. Why yeah. not Solo? What if that lady was like, "Did you know the people that used to live here?" And then she was yeah. like, "Yeah," and she was like, "How did you know them?" And then she was like, Luke's my dad. That'd be weird Because too. that would have been really weird. <laughs> that would have been like, do you want to sit down and have a chat or do you want to end the movie? Well, she, ad- <laughs> she adopts the name though. So uh, that's yeah. not that's not the dialogue, obviously. But like she adopts the name. She's literally at the ranch where Luke lived. So, yeah. uh, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. obviously you just read into that. But uh, I guess we'll get yeah. that part. It's... <laughs> I don't know. It's weird. To me, it seems like like obviously the Skywalker, Luke and Leia were like really important to her. But like she was in love with Ben Solo and Han Solo was more of her like father figure in the whole trilogy. Right. Yeah. So like well, why Rise of she... Solo. Exactly. But like that's obviously also dumb. Dude, that but... would have been. No, it would not have been if like, Ben Solo was redeemed and Ray marries Ben Boom! How so, about that? Wedding scene the where the emperor the, is performing the ceremony. It's the end of the Skywalker saga, beginning of the Solo saga. And she lifts her weapon. <laughs> and with these blades, I thee wed. <laughs> so... Well, the Skywalker name also means something in in within the Jedi and within the yeah. Force. You know, the Force is strong in their family. But, like, it means there's a... From- Fresh, you know, she whatever. Could have been whoever she wanted Take to take out the trash. <laughs> uh, I think it makes sense for the character to have made that choice. Yeah, I guess. From from my perspective, having just watched it, yeah. I think that's only in there to tie in with the name of the movie. Yeah. Period. I that's think so. The only reason why is it Rise of Skywalker? Then, well, because she calls herself Skywalker after that. Otherwise, it would have been the end. All the Skywalkers are dead now. That would have been a, this is so Lorelai's fan fiction title. The end, all the Skywalkers are dead now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> starring, exactly. Starring Sheev Palpatine. <laughs> well, so there's that that viral video that's like the guy that reorders the names of the movies. And I think the oh, last is that me? I do that. The last one is like The Last Jedi, and then that's yeah. Ray or Luke or no. something like that. And that would have been I think I've been on record on this podcast saying that the sort of the order of nomenclature makes no sense like it would have made the most sense for the last movie to be the phantom menace and the first movie to be revenge of the sith because maul says it yeah and then the and then by the third movie the phantom menace you know is the phantom menace anyway uh sometimes the nomenclature doesn't make a lot of sense to me 
But it was a nice moment, but it didn't make a lot of sense. I, that's how I feel about it. Yes. I respectfully disagree. Well, but that's why we can coexist so well. We're our own little dyad. Dyad in the couch. Yes. Dyad in the trash house. Follow us on Instagram. Uh, Bruce and Robin, were either of you, are either of you satisfied? I mean, also to the point of like, it's, it's over now. It's been years. We don't care anymore. Robin, you satisfied? Not really. I don't really feel <laughs> overall like the three movies fit very well together. Like, I think they could have done Force Awakens and Rise of Skywalker and just completely thrown out The Last Jedi. They don't really feel like they fit together to me. And the overall, I really, really liked Rise of Skywalker, but I did think the end was really stupid. They should have just ended <laughs> with uh, Rey and Kylo kissing and been like, okay, goodbye. Thanks for watching Star Wars. <laughs> oh my and he's goodness. dead. I don't think so. <sighs> I guess, Royce, how do you feel about it as an ending to the saga? It's not an ending to the saga. It has nothing to do with the rest of Star Wars. I think I said it on our other episode. So if anyone's made it this far, go back to that episode because I'm sure you'll love to binge that too. But not instead. Hear us out. It just like, and you know, the way it was written was not as a trilogy. So mm -hmm. like, yeah. like I was mentioning earlier, like the whole, like once something distracts you, it makes the whole thing meaningless. There is a hair in my soup. It's, <laughs> I'm no longer going to eat the soup and I'm probably There's not coming, hair. Oh, probably not coming come back to this something. restaurant and I'm going to give it a poor review. So I can't delete that thought from my head. Like it's not only that the movie is awkward. It's that you know they didn't write any of this shit on purpose. Yeah. Palpatine is not on purpose. And it doesn't mean it can't be a good trilogy. So if you disagree with me, that's totally cool. I can respect your opinion and you could maybe sway me on it. But I know that they didn't write it to be together. And I know that J.J. Abrams sucks at making endings, but he's great at making beginnings. But he ended this thing. And he didn't yeah. do it like as good as maybe Colin Trevorrow might have done it. There's another script out there that's better than the movie that exists. So <laughs> I'm sorry. And I, ha I hate to be a hater because I am a creator for a living. And I absolutely hate when people judge my stuff. I want to get better at not judging other people's stuff. But it's really easy to because everything is hindsight. So you ask the question, is it satisfying? No, it's not. Because you guys didn't design it to be satisfying. You designed it to be a business. You made money. Congratulations. Good on you, Disney. But this trilogy is not my favorite. Even though there's parts I like, I didn't enjoy watching that movie today. Neither did Robin, even though she was being kind of kind on it. But it's painful. And it does not bring together all of the Star Wars movies. And guess what? I like the prequels. I like the original trilogy. Sequels don't really pay respect to those movies, in my opinion. You can disagree. That's cool. Sorry if you do, but that's like Joey said, the fun of the podcast. And I think you do have to weigh why people do or don't like it. I think that counts. Yeah. So do you not like it because it's like 20th century or 21st century movie and not made in 1980? Like, is that the disconnect or is it some other reasoning? I right. think that's important to consider. But for me, it's a no dog. It's really interesting to hear why people... I guess the reasons why why people don't do or don't like a thing. Yeah, that's a bummer. 
I, I, I will reiterate that I have a new appreciation um, for it, having recently watched it. I'll also say that I think since then, since the end, since uh, the rise of Skywalker, um, Disney and has seemed to have doubled down on storyboarding. Like they've they've pretty much storyboarded out the High Republic. I mean, they had they had like a conference of writers at Skywalker Ranch. Everything seems very well planned. And I, I don't know if that's a response to the sequel trilogy. Dude, you have but to it have seems a plan like it should be everything. Yeah. You yeah. don't not do dude, are you kidding me? When no you're writer like in- just sits down and writes a novel. Like the story has a beginning, a middle, and an end. Yeah. Like, you learn this in yeah. literally like fifth grade. And you yeah. write a, a paper, and then your teacher's like, why don't you read it again and fix this? And you're like, I already wrote it, though. Well, this and that could be, imp- like, the whole point is, like, make a draft, improve it. Be, you know, objective about whether or not you are doing a good job. And when the objective is to make money, not to tell a good story, it doesn't matter the story. So, mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think that they wanted to tell a good story and make money, and I think that uh, it just wasn't planned out. And we know that it wasn't planned out, so this is how it turned out. And it's very it's very polarizing, right? The sequel trilogy and the prequel trilogy, both things. I think I think with time, more people are having an appreciation for the prequel trilogy, and maybe that will happen with the sequel trilogy. Mm-hmm. But that all being said, it's... Surprise question time with Joey. Surprise question time with Joey. Surprise question time with Joey. It's time for a surprise question with Joey. That's a a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles theme song. My surprise question is maybe something we've touched on before. Maybe I've asked it as a surprise question before. Who is your favorite character from the sequel trilogy? I had to force us all to say something nice at the end of this episode. <laughs> Robin, who's your favorite character? <laughs> um, it definitely changes from movie to movie, but I think overall it would have to be Babu Frick. Just such an excellent character. Hey, hey! <laughs> Lorelai? I think BB-8. Yeah. Should listen to the Royish Good Looks Couple songs, couple songs about BB-8. Mm-hmm. There's a MIDI one, and yeah. then there's the Ode to BB-8. Mm. I'm his he's biggest fan. Good, <laughs> he's a good droid. I mean, we just finished the movie that Rise of Skywalker last night, and when they're like galloping their horse things oh, that's so on funny. the spaceship, and BB-8's just like rolling as fast as he can. <laughs> and Finn's like, you're doing great, buddy. I know, he's I like, I'm going to roll my little thing so fast. <laughs> He just doesn't want to disappoint them. Oh, yeah, it's so good. He's real good. I love Dio also. Royce? Uh, BB-8 also gives some of his battery power to Dio. Yeah. Yeah. It's like Which, battery charged. I yeah. never realized, but that's obviously... The life force. Yeah, obviously a, force. a little bit of a nod to that. So that's a cute moment. And I do love Dio. I'm going to say... Can you guess? Palpatine. No, <laughs> Lorelai. Come on. You can guess, right, Lorelai? Uh, Is it Poe? Nah, all right. Nah. I'm gonna say so. That was that was a test, and you all passed because you weren't gonna guess it anyway. But we had that really fun moment. So <laughs> I'm gonna go with Lor Santeca. Oh yeah, mm. he's the guy that gives Poe the map to Luke Skywalker in the beginning, yeah. 
And he's like, without this, there can be no balance. And it's a really great, like, setup. It's a perfect J.J. Abrams moment where you're like, who's that guy? And he's got the map to Luke Skywalker, and he's handing it off to this person. And then he has a little, like, standoff with uh, Kylo, I think. Yeah, I'm going to go with Laura Santeca. I'd love to know more about him and why he had the map to Luke, but not Leia or Han or anybody else. That's a little J.J. Abrams mystery box for you. Well done, sir. There's a few I'm going to tell you, oh, man, I hate to tell you this, Royce, because I know it, like in the past you've been like, you've got to read the comic books to find <laughs> out, but uh, you've got to read the comic books to find out. If you read The Rise of Kylo Ren... Do I want to know, though? Well, I'm only a little bit in, but I know that he's helping Luke. He's helping Luke sort of reestablish the Jedi Order, but more. But from what I've seen, he's helping Luke like find Jedi artifacts and search the galaxy. He's sort of like an archaeologist. I don't really know if that's his official title, <laughs> but uh, he's helping Luke like search the galaxy for stuff. Interesting. Like Jedi stuff. Yeah, I'm in. That sounds like a great character. Yeah, it's a really fun comic book. I think it's just, I don't know, it's just fun to read and see the backstory. But my favorite character, I said this in our Star Wars Q&A, it's so hard for me to choose because I honestly love every character introduced in The Force Awakens. The Last Jedi really negative impact negatively impacts Poe's character to me because of like I've said what he represents in that movie in my opinion but uh I I, I honestly I'm gonna go with the low-hanging fruit I love Ray I love her in each movie I uh, love her character I love the the journey that she goes on um I just I love her lightsaber at the end I just I I love her and and Finn is a super close second. And you know what? I love Rose. Oh, man. We could also talk all day about how horrible it was what happened to uh, Kelly Marie Tran and everything because of The Last Jedi. But she's great. Her character's great. Uh, she's a great human being in general. And just respect her. Or if you don't, shut the fuck up and go away. That's how I feel about that. So... We would love to know you, listener you, who've made it this far in the episode. Thanks, by the way. Who's your favorite character from the sequel trilogy or the originals or the prequels? Let's put them all in there. Who are yeah. your favorite characters and why? Let us know on Twitter at Krypton to Alderaan or over on Facebook and Instagram at Krypton to Alderaan. And if you'd like to really write us a novel, you could shoot us an email, kryptondoalderon at gmail.com. Thank you for listening to the show. Make sure to like, share, and subscribe wherever you're listening. And we'll see you on the next episode. I've been Royce. I've been Robin. I've been Lorelai. And I've been Dex from Dex's Diner. And we've been <laughs> Krypton. Krypton.